0: Welcome to the Focus on Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Preston Schrader. And I'm Jason Carr. Jason, how are you holding up under the uh, current corona
1: quarantine? Uh, Well, so far, I don't know that my life has changed a whole lot other than being kind of stuck, you know, without being able to go out and move around too much.
0: Right. It's definitely weird times. For the listeners, um, we record these typically two weeks before you're listening. So at the time of recording, it's March 26th. Um, So when you're listening to this podcast, the world for all I know, you know, may look totally different (laughs) than what it currently looks like. Hopefully Uh, better. (laughs) Hopefully better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jason, today's guest was Tom Eikoff. Tom is the Director of impl- Implementation at the Climate Corporation. Today, we talked with Tom specifically about digital ag technology.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a great conversation, Preston. I thought it was really interesting to kind of talk about the evolution of agriculture and data collection in agriculture from the days when the growers would save up their scale tickets from the elevator and have a yield average across an 80 acre field to today when they can literally collect millions of data points on an 80 acre field and analyze how specific regions of that field are performing. It's just been a huge change. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. You know, the farmers I interact with and their ability to, you know, for, for data transparency to increase and, um, You know, farmers today can really do their own on-farm trials where they can, you know, plant different hybrids, change something up, and maybe apply a fungicide on one half of the field or on a strip of the field and see how, you know, that strip yields. I mean, it really gives the power of analytics to the farmers and allows them to make recommendations based off of how things perform on their
1: particular farm. Yeah, they can absolutely conduct... Basically, the kind of research that we do and do it on their own. They don't, you know, they can take our word for it, but they can also go to their farm and they can say, Hey, yeah, this does work in my operation and I just proved it.
0: Absolutely. Well, without further ado, let's get into the interview with Tom. Tom, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to talk with you today. Uh, Would you start out by giving us a little bit about your background?
2: Oh, of course. And uh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, my name is Tom Eikhoff, and I've been involved in agriculture my entire life. I grew up on a small family farm in northeast Nebraska, a little town called Fordyce. You know, there my my family raised cattle, hogs, corn, soybeans, uh, alfalfa for hay, and even some small grains. So I've been working in agriculture, you know, since I was very young. Um, It was Clear growing up, you know, I had I had a fairly large family, so I have two older brothers who are actually operating our family farm today, and it was pretty clear early on that there probably wasn't room for a for a third person to be working on the farm. So that really pushed me more to take a bit of a different, more academic approach to agriculture. I would say, so I actually went to the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. Uh, there, I studied agronomy. And it was really in that undergraduate work um, that I kind of stumbled into a job working in field research. It was uh, actually a place I had never saw myself working before, but, you know, college kids are always desperate to make a living, make a few bucks. So I started working (laughs) for the weed science department and um, absolutely fell in love with field research. Um, So I changed my career thoughts and started to look at uh, getting an advanced degree. So I stayed at Nebraska and pursued a master's and PhD in in entomology. Um, So spent a a lot of years in school, um, always working in a pretty applied field program, actually spent some time working in turf grass for a number of those years. Um, But again, just really found myself rooted in kind of how do you bring new tools, new technology to the marketplace? How do we test them? Ensure that uh, the right solutions are being brought into to the customer. Um, as I finished up my degree, uh, I moved into a role with uh, Monsanto at the time. Uh, so I joined the company in 2007, and again, my love was really in that kind of cusp of bringing new technology to the marketplace. So I I worked in a field research program for for several years, kind of working across the last phase of our pipeline, working directly with growers, testing products on the farm, providing feedback, helping people really see and understand the value of technology on the farm. From there, I actually had the opportunity to work in Illinois at uh, the Monmouth Learning Center. Um, It was a fantastic opportunity to really meet with a diverse set of people from across the industry and really around the world um, to showcase how U.S. agriculture is really adopting and bringing technology onto their farm, how the benefits of things like advanced breeding, biotechnology, and crop protection um, really all come together to drive new innovation for customers. After a couple of years there, I I moved down to St. Louis and have been working in this area of uh, what we call market development. I worked there for almost uh, six years, again, helping to coordinate all of the research across the North America around um, all of our technology platforms from again, crop protection to breeding um, and biotechnology, seed growth options on how do you really pull the best options together across all of these technology platforms that give growers the right options they they need to solve whatever issue they may be facing on their farm. Just about uh, 12 months ago, um, I actually had the opportunity to take on a new challenge and I moved over to uh, the Climate Corporation. There I am uh, the Director of Implementation for our science organization, which really translated means I I get to work with our data scientists and our computer modeling teams on a daily basis. And really our role is to take those data science um, and models out to the marketplace and begin to test them and see if the types of data information and analytics that we're making available to growers really hold true in what we want them to do and how do we help kind of refine and, and really ground truth um, this new new wave of digital tools that are coming into the marketplace. So again, it's, it's kind of a, been a common theme throughout my career to be able to kind of walk that line of bringing new innovation out of a technology pipeline and applying it directly to a farm.
1: Your story, Tom, is, uh, you know, I, I'm always kind of struck by whenever we talk to people in the ag industry, the story very often uh, begins in the same place that, you know, I grew up on a farm, I wanted to farm um, or be involved in farming and it didn't work out to return to the family farm or I grew up in a rural area and wanted to become involved in farming. It's its very, to me, it's very different than the image sometimes that big companies like Bayer, get from the public and maybe from growers that it's kind of a faceless entity that doesn't care about farmers. But it's it's very clear from your story that you obviously do care about farmers, and that's your background.
2: Yeah, no question. I, I think it's one of the coolest parts about being part of this industry. To your point, Jason, is, boy, there is such a passion to bring this type of innovation to the marketplace from these companies. And it is largely rooted in the fact that the people really feel a strong connection to agriculture, to do the right thing. How, you know, How do you continue to drive innovation sustainability uh, across the marketplace? So um, I, would, I would agree with you completely. Th- those folks are very, very common, not only in our company, but all across agriculture.
1: So you've, you you kind of have a, a unique perspective on the evolution of digital ag. So can you tell us just a little bit from your perspective where digital ag began and um, how it's kind of evolved through the years?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, you know, I think of it in terms of for things to be really digital, you know, there's kind of this, um, what do you say, maybe just foundational level of data that you need to be able to really do something in a digital manner. And if you think about agriculture in general, you know, agriculture has been collecting data for years. Um, whether that be, you know, when I was growing up, I remember dad collecting the scale tickets and, you know, you had all your weights there and that's how you tabulated and really figured out how much yield you had to the, much more common use today of how do you collect yield monitor data. Um, You know, we went from these whole field single point of data to today we're collecting, you know, by the centimeter data on every single acre if you have the right technology on your equipment. And you compound that with the types of things you can get with satellite imagery. And how, you know, a few years ago, we were just starting to figure out how do we start to translate satellite imagery in a way that we can gain new insights to now actually launching flocks of satellites up into, uh, into the atmosphere that are specific for agriculture. And take that a step further into how we're starting to leverage and use UAVs and how they can play a role in a more sustainable approach to agriculture. So the history is shifting really, really quickly from a place of just collecting data to now being able to collect data almost down to the centimeter in multiple ways across equipment and across UAVs up to satellites. And then the key becomes, now that I have all this data, how am I going to turn it into insights? And what are the things that this data helps me understand better? And how does it help me make a better decision? And that's really where the intersection of digital ag and data science to me comes together and is really the opportunity for agriculture moving forward is how do you transition from a data collection to actually being able to diagnose, recommend, and make prescriptions across an entire farming operation.
0: Perfect. That's a uh, very helpful information background. Um, so a lot of our listeners aren't necessarily farmers, they're consumers. They're the ones who go to the grocery store and eat the products that farmers produce. What are some specific examples of ways that farmers utilize this digital data and what kind of specific recommendations or how do they use this to implement or change their, um, you know, farming practices, I guess?
2: Yeah, I think. You know, in my opinion, Preston, there's some really great examples of how people are using this today. If you just look at a couple of the very common decisions a farmer has to make on an annual basis, one of those being, as I'm selecting seed to put on my farm, am I selecting the right seed that carries the right traits or attributes that are going to maximize its production in the field? that I have on my farm. And that may seem like a fairly simple answer, but farmers literally have hundreds of choices of which seeds to purchase and plant on their field. And all of them have their own strengths, weaknesses, and kind of fit within Mm -hmm. the, the grander scheme of their operation. So being able to use data to help farmers make that decision becomes a really critical decision point or way that you can use information to make a more informed decision. So today we're using the year's worth of data that are coming from our research and development pipeline because before a product comes to market, we're testing it for years prior to making it accessible to the marketplace. Being able to leverage all of that information in a way that farmers can match how we've tested that product to what they're doing on their farm, and how those two different environments intersect to be able to make a good decision on which seed goes on which field is one very simple way that we're using data today to make a more informed decision on the farm and help the grower make a better decision. The second area is is very much related to that, is really around how many seeds per acre should I plant? many times a farmer will have a field and there will be really large changes in the yield potential within a field. As soil types change, as the slope or, you know, how water flows through that field changes, you know, they're going to see variability in every single field. So being able to put the most seed in the most productive areas and really reduce the amount of seed so that you have the best chance for them to produce what that land can support is another key element that we can use digital ag and a much more informed management decision to be able to allocate that seed most appropriately across the field to be able to maximize yields.
1: We'd like to talk a little bit about sustainability, and it's, it's really all tied together when we start talking about how farmers can best manage their inputs. I mean, the think the days are gone when growers would go out and plant 200,000 soybeans on an acre, just kind of, you know, hear a lot of comments about a controlled spill with a drill, um, (laughs) you know, where a lot of those seeds didn't survive. They, you know, like you mentioned, different areas of the field obviously performed differently. And that also applies to chemical applications and all, all different aspects. And so, this technology really allows growers to not waste inputs and to also be able to, you know, another thing that maybe consumers really aren't aware of is that growers would go out and they'd plant a field and they'd plant their end rows. and There'd be a lot of places where they'd overlap on their passes because obviously you don't want to leave an empty space open in your field. And just just being able to eliminate that overlap with planting and with chemical application has made a huge difference in growers operations
2: yeah I, th- I think that sustainability area is one that you know I, one i believe digital egg has already started to dramatically change given just the examples you talked about of how do you more accurately more precisely manage you know whether it be a a chemistry your crop protection tool you're using in the field down to the seed of how do i ensure i'm i'm using the right amount in the right places that that maximize it the second area you know i, I absolutely believe farmers are some of the best stewards of the land you know in, in the world their livelihood depends on their ability to manage uh, that land effectively and if i look at how things have changed on our family farm back in nebraska Transitioning from when my father was the decision maker to my brothers, things like moving to no-till. And they now use no-till almost exclusively on the farm, which is very different than when I grew up there. Um, And they have a tremendous amount of cover crops that they use. And if you look back over the last 25 years in some of our fields, you can see a pretty dramatic increase in soil organic matter. And all of that is due to new tools and technology, things like Roundup Ready crops that have allowed that change from using tillage as the primary mechanism for weed control to moving to a no tillage type of system where we use crop protection tools to manage weeds. And the impacts that has on soil health, um, ability of that soil to hold water um have just been tremendous on our family farm. And I think as you look at digital ag going forward, you know within climate, we're currently working on some research around irrigation and how do you make smarter decisions and really maximize the use of water on uh, center pivot irrigation? We all know the importance of effective water use when it comes to sustainability. So I think we've seen huge strides in technology shifting how we approach sustainability. You know, I I suspect as we move forward, this whole space of how digital impacts it is going to even more rapidly change how we think about the intersection of sustainability and and agriculture production. Nice.
0: Um, So I want to get into Tom a little bit, uh, some specifics about climate field view, some of the benefits that the platform provides for farmers and then also maybe Dovetailing with that question, what are some challenges that you face with climate field view? Has there been a challenge to get um, you know farming is mostly older demographics? Has it been harder to get people connected to technology? Is there uh, are there gaps in you know cell phone coverage to have data transfer? Um, so I guess some of the benefits of climate field view and then what are some of the the challenges uh, that you face with field view implementation?
2: No, great great question, Preston. You know, I'd say a couple of things. One is one of the simplest and easiest benefits from climate field view that I think most of the customers have quickly realized is it is really an opportunity to get all of their data in one place. And again, if you think about the evolution of this, we've moved from a time where data on a machine almost always had to be moved manually, meaning through a a USB stick or some sort of data card back to to the home computer, be uploaded there. That caused a lot of challenges in just data collection and data management. Climate FieldView allows a grower to stream that data directly into their account, directly from the machine that dramatically simplifies how that operator collects data across their entire farming operation. So first step is just how do you easily collect data and allow the farmer to access it in one place? The second part of that is then how can you visualize and start to create some simple calculations or tabulations and, you know, once the data is in there there's a lot of really great tools to be able to visualize that data and compare how are the yields performing in this part of the field versus the other part of the field how does that compare to various management practices that are occurring within the operation so it gives the farmer an opportunity to really start to make their own comparisons and experiment on their own farm around what practices and things they're doing is really having Um, the most profitability for them. Those are two of the, you know, if I think about really quickly coming on board and seeing value, there's huge opportunities there. Kind of the next layer of that is our data scientists have worked extensively in being able to use the information we have in our R&D pipeline to help predict which products are going to perform the best on that field and how should you best manage them, um, giving things like seed density and even fertility, gives you access to be able to access satellite imagery so that you can monitor that field's health throughout the season, um, become much more informed around specific areas that may need attention or may need some sort of management practice. So so those are just some really key things that I think are available today there's a tremendous amount of really exciting research and development happening within the pipeline on how do we take in more and more information about a field to become even more specific and predictive around seed placement as well as in-season management. You referenced challenges. I think one thing the industry in general faces is in all reality, we're still a little bit early in this whole data collection phase. And if I if I think about this, if there's one thing that I see frequently is data quality becomes an issue when you start to collect it across many many um, different operations and having properly calibrated equipment being able to effectively use that data once an operator collects it I, I think is is a good lesson for everyone to reflect on on an annual basis of is the information I'm collecting of good quality so that when I'm making decisions, it's the right decision and it's based upon good factual information? And I think that is certainly one place. I think the connectivity you mentioned, Preston, is absolutely another one. When you think about challenges with Wi Fi connectivity and even cellular connectivity across much of rural America, We have to figure out better ways to be able to keep people connected, allow them to share information as they see fit with their trusted advisors so that we can continue to use that to make more informed and better decisions for the farmer. Um, I, I think there's, you know, one thing we need to make sure people understand is the data is the farmer's data. And if they choose to share it, it needs to be able to be shared easily and securely. And that is something that um, I think we've always got to keep an eye on and keep pushing the industry to advance faster.
1: That's a great point. If the data can be used to improve decisions or recommendations that we make for growers, but if it's not an easy transition flow of data, if there's any barriers to that at all, they're uh, definitely not going to be crazy about doing that. No, you're exactly right. But, Tom, Digital Ag has come a long ways. You mentioned, you know, the single data point on the farm or just a few data points across an entire 80-acre field or even bigger through the days when we were moving things around on thumb drives to where we're moving it around remotely through the cloud. What is your opinion? Where are we headed with Digital Ag? What does the future look like?
2: You know, I think, Jason, and I describe it in one word is exciting. I believe that we are just on the very front end of what digital can do and unlock for agriculture. If you look at any of the big players in digital, and I'm thinking of people like, or companies like Amazon, you know, I I think of my first interaction or experience with Amazon, they were a book company. And it took a long time for them to really figure out and to think about how is the best way to apply a digital experience to a customer base that, you know, now relies on them heavily. And you look at, you know, where we're at right now in today's world, the importance of having an option like Amazon to deliver something to your door and the types of changes and shifts that that has made across the world. It's, it's incredible. I'll get a text with a picture on my phone while I'm at work saying your package has arrived and you know showing me it's sitting against my front door. Um, it, it's a very different experience than it was even five, ten years ago and I think agriculture is heading down a very similar path. Growers are really starting to see the value of collecting and utilizing data every single day on their farm. Once you start to take that Again, you gather it, you start to understand it, and then you start to apply data science to it that allows you to diagnose, to recommend practices, even prescribe specific things. Um, I think it's going to fundamentally shift where we're at today. And then what to me really gets me excited is if you start to look across other parts of the globe, you know, Asia, other world areas where they're really starting to figure out how do they use things like uavs and drones more efficiently to apply more precise amounts of crop protection tools Um, you think about the impact that will have on smallholder farmers that maybe can't afford large equipment and are forced to go out and manually remove pests and weeds and the, the types of work environments that creates versus how digital ag can be utilized in situations like that to make their life quality much better than it is today. And probably a more effective way to control some of the pests. I think the the future of digital ag for agriculture is just, just through the roof on the options you think that we may have. Now, what I, what I do think it it will take is all of us working together across the industry to figure out how do we, help standardize some of these things. How do we quickly allow farmers to access new technology as it comes available? Um, but I think the future is really, really bright and uh, it's gonna be exciting to, to be a part of it over the next 10 to 15 years to just see how quickly um, the entire industry shifts.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned the, the um, standardization because I think obviously that's an important piece of it that we will get to probably in the fairly new, near future, you know, it, it's kind of easy to think about if we our standard electrical plugs in our house, for instance. I mean, if we, every company made their own plugins, you know, they weren't all the same, obviously we'd have a problem. And that's a little bit maybe where we're at today with the data and, and the collection of data or, or, what is your opinion on that? I guess it is. I guess maybe maybe I shouldn't say that's where we're at. Do you feel like that's where we're at, or where do you feel like we're headed?
2: Yeah, I do think it, There is some of that. Um, I will say, I think it's one of the cool benefits of a tool like FieldView. Is FieldView does work across a lot of different colors of equipment, um, tractors, sprayers, combines, different planters. You know, there, there are platforms out there like FieldView that really allow you to engage in many different types of equipment and tools that are on the farm. Um, I, I do think that as we start to see more value and more insights coming from the data, being able to be applied to the everyday operations of a farm, you know, I, my belief is farmers are going to demand it. They're going to demand that, you know, the industry, players work together because they're going to want the simple solution they're not going to want to have to access four different systems you know be swapping out different elements in their machines to be able to collect different sets of data they're going to want that standardization so you know my belief is that as farmers continue to see value and be are able to gain insights from data the standardization will have to follow um, otherwise, we'll, we'll struggle for a long time and not being able to fully leverage the information that farmers are generating.
0: Well, Tom, we appreciate your time and your insight into digital ag. Uh, hopefully the listeners uh, learned uh, some stuff from you here today. Uh, I think we agree. Me and Jason are both excited to see some of these future iterations and tools that come down the pipeline from Climate field view and just see the effects that they have at the field level. So once again, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It was a great, great conversation. Um, Really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. And I'd just say, Preston, Jason, if if any of your listeners have any follow-up or questions, um, they can always go to climate.com and um, check out all the things that, that Climate Field View can offer as well as some of the cool things that we're working on for the future perfect.
1: The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the program hosts or their employer.